Oh, no, it's not. Okay, hello. How you doing? Uh, hi. Yes, yeah, say whatever you want. What are the levels? Uh, <laughs> levels? Good, levels is good? Wait, I think you're overwhelming her. Like, stop talking. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know what to talk about. No, that's, well, that's, we have a whole podcast around not knowing what to talk about. <laughs> Ideas just pop up. I feel like the levels are good. Okay. All right, I'm going to go ahead. Good afternoon. How y'all doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? We are back. We're back. Yes. I know. And we've only been gone for like three days. No, I know. This is we great. We give the people what they want. People, or we're telling the people what they want. That's right. Yeah. That's okay. Sometimes <laughs> you got to tell the people yes. what they want. Yes. It is chilly outside, uh, g- given what we've been through. Yes. Uh, my yes, name is Gerardo Munoz. I'm your boy, Kevin Adams. Oh, you almost, you almost didn't get that out. I almost forgot who and we, I was. We are two dope teachers in a mic yes. with a special episode that we're bringing to you about halfway through uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. Yes. Um, you Ooh. want to talk about This was your idea. This so was I, my I idea. I hate to make my look bad in front of my people. Like, oh, do you, you think don't. that I'd be because the one that came well, up with it? You inspired the idea. Oh, right? that was by being so, brown. So, yes, that's all you have to do. <laughs> it's the first time. Being a Latino has been that easy. You're like, I got something I got for it. Yes. I can be a thing. Right? We take that. We take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I was sitting at home, um, you know, planning a lesson. Planning as a I lesson. Do at night, as teachers Outside do. Outside of from your time. contract. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. When I wasn't getting paid. But um, planning for advisement, the class I teach. That for I don't free. get paid That you get for, to teach for free. Yeah. That we volunteer to teach. And yep. uh, as I was planning the lesson, I was thinking about, well, what are we going to do in terms, because you and the... Latinx Student Alliance have a door decorating contest. Yes. And so I was, you know, uh, doing research to prepare my students and kind of do some brainstorming around what are some ideas that we can do to uh, decorate our doors. And so I started doing research because as a teacher, you know, I always go to research and yep. figure out. And I wanted to Look know more about that we don't know. Um, Hispanic Heritage Month and the history of it. And, uh, you know, as I was kind of learning that history and kind of planning that lesson, I was like, you know what we should talk about on the podcast is Hispanic Heritage Month. Because, A, I think it is often forgotten about. You know, I think when we think about the cultural identity kind of celebration months, Black History Month is always in the forefront. And I think it goes back to this, uh, you know, that when we talk about race, we're talking about black and white usually. Um, And I felt like... You know, from my own perspective, this would be a really great thing for us to talk about. What are we doing in our school? How do we celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month and and the benefits of overall celebrating the amazing contributions that we've gotten from the Latino community? And I just, you know, I felt like we would be doing a disservice to our listeners if we didn't spend some time yeah. talking all five about of y'all. this critical we, we, month. We would, be, we would be giving all five of you. Yeah. Unfortunately, hey, it's in a whole month. No, no, yeah. Or, well, do you, do you wanna, put right in the middle. Hey, yo, do you want to hear a joke? Let's hear it. I don't know if I should tell this joke. Uh, it might be a little bit insensitive. Okay, let's hear it. I like all it. Right. I think I remember. Hey, so why, why, do they, why do they start Hispanic Heritage Month halfway through the month? Why? Because that's about when we show up for stuff. Ah! 
Uh, now, why did you say hey, that? Hey, don't at me. Don't why, at me. Why did you say that via Don't sensitive? at me. I don't know because people think we're late to stuff and it's frustrating that but, people think that, but it's also kind of true. But it, it, time is a cultural construct, right? <laughs> time is a cultural construct. Right, yeah. right. Any of, any of the listeners of this podcast definitely know they that time know, is a cultural, they know, cultural uh, right? But don't construct. tell me I'm on CP time, don't, people. Don't say that. Because that will create a problem. No, that I will. I can say I'm on CP he can. time. I can't. You can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't say that. You can get away with it. You, you, we got that relationship. Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess if our, for, for our former boss has a soul brother card, I'm going to give you the soul brother card. Oh, cool! That, that, I got uh, a soul brother card. I'm going to replace our, him. Our former superintendent. Then, you, you're more deserving of it. Thank you. I You've appreciate that. I mean, it's not saying much, but thank <laughs> you. Um, he so, just showed up to a meeting. And he got did. His, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, we we do have a guest today, but before we yay, go guest. into that, yay, we have somebody else uh, to. <laughs> sit here and get crowded out by us um but before we do that we just want to remind you you can find us on instagram at two dope teachers yes uh hit us up on twitter at two dope teachers yes. and you can like us on facebook and your grandparents can email us at two dope teachers at gmail.com yes uh, there's a couple of things that we are going to announce here um we have been uh, invited. I didn't even tell you this. This is oh, great no so we've been, we've been invited back to the uh, teachers of color conference in boulder Really? I don't think they're going to pay us or have a speak or anything. All right. Okay. Um, but, uh, but we could go. We could and so go. we're going to amplify this event um, on our Facebook page. Because you know what I did? I forgot to look and see when the dates are. Uh, uh, but okay. we will, we'll, check, we'll check on that in a second. But definitely check it out. We got time. It's not like tomorrow. It, no, it's, it's definitely not tomorrow. <laughs> and we will be, um, although it might be. It no, might it's be. not. Um, but we will uh, we'll, we'll put that information by the end of the episode. But you should definitely go. It's a summit for teachers of color and allies. Uh, to address some of these issues uh, in our schools, facing us both professionally and with our students. Speaking of our students, yes. uh, we have a student here. Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm Sophia. I go to their school. Yes. Yes. Sophia attends the school <laughs> that we work at. And, and Sophia, why are you a part of this conversation today? Um, well, I'm a part of LSA. You sent out Remind. I guess I, I was the person who responded. Hashtag Remind. You, yeah. Well, you know what's funny about that? Like, there are a bunch of people that responded, but just with other questions. <laughs> like, so, like, they what are we going to talk about? about the request and what are, are like, we going to, like, is it, what is this, actually? And so there were a whole bunch of questions. So I actually thought we would have, like, a roundtable. Yes. But Sophia's the only one that actually showed up. And um, like I like to say when my classes are not well attended, yes. yo, it ain't the quantity it's the quality That's right. That's of right. uh, people that we have That's showing right. up. So, um, so we've brought Sophia onto the show to talk a little bit about this uh, Hispanic Heritage Month and uh, and a perspective um, from a student. Who, yes. my understanding is, you've probably been Hispanic your entire life. Just about. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty, pretty much, much. Right. Pretty yep. Much. And uh, so to speak on those experiences and and how she feels about uh, representation. Yes. Yes. A critical issue. Yeah. yeah. So um, what do you think the people know about Hispanic Heritage Month? I think that the people know very little. Like <laughs> I, I'd imagine that most people know that it's a thing or maybe have heard of it. Um, if you're a basketball fan, right, you've seen where they wear the low spurs. Oh, yeah. Right? That's one of the places where yeah. I hear it is like – and El, doing basketball. El Heat. El Heat. El which you're like, first of all, I don't think you understand how Spanish works. No, I don't, yeah. <laughs> no, it would be because it would be El Calor, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's right. So, yeah. 
but but I just no yeah no but, yeah. But, <laughs> but I think I think people are very limited. I as yeah. a person you know who considers myself a conscious person, a woke person, I had to do some research to really understand the history of this month and why it happens. You know because we joke about it starting in the middle of September. Yeah. But I didn't realize there was actually a reason as to why it starts in the middle of September. Oh right. Do, do you? Do either of you know the reason it starts in... Do you know why? I do because oh, of my research. But remember we were in the meeting yesterday and I actually... I The one country I credited for it starting was like... one Was actually not one not of the countries. included. Yeah. But it starts in the middle of September because it's celebrating um, Independence Days of five Latin American countries. And I think... See, can you one of them? which, Nicaragua, Costa Rica. Yes. You said yesterday. Um, Honduras. No. no. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Honduras. Honduras. Ooh, I got three. Apologies to the Hondureños. Okay, I know podcast. it's not Mexico. Not even Mexico. Even though, like, you think it'd be Mexico. You would think. Um, let's see. Costa Rica, Honduras, Nicaragua. Stay regional, babe. El Salvador? There you go. There you go. Salvador. Ooh, one more. Yeah. One, Guatemala. Yeah, in Guatemala. That's right. That's right. So it is, it, it's interesting. Ooh, so it, it's press. So September 15th is the anniversary for the independence of those five countries, which at one point were one... Uh, entity yes, that you will learn yes. in might be world history class Very good. Uh, that there's this republic of central america uh and in addition what's so i'm on the nash the hispanic heritage month.gov website Very cool. Very cool. and there's somebody does that look like george w bush to you um kind of <laughs> yeah no i mean right? like, like this dude back here. Kind of a so, chunky. All right, I, I got to say something about the Hispanic Heritage it, uh, Month it, website. We got to call this out. Okay, we're all looking at this right now, yes. right? Yes. So, like, what we have is some dude. <laughs> I don't know who this is. I, I And watch, watch it be, like, somebody really important, yes, right? Yes, uh, Like Walter Mercado or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but then there's, like... Then there's like the Earth, yes, like like an actual satellite image of the Earth, a, a star, and a whole bunch of stars distance. off in the distance. <laughs> I'm just struggling to understand like how all of this came together. Yeah, yeah, it's just a. I don't know, how what do y'all think about this? I mean, I think there's something like when it comes to Hispanic culture, right? There's something. There's like a value of supernatural nature of things, the mysticism. Am I being stereotypical? No, nah, you're, you're, you're fine. There, there you're is fine. kind of like this history, and so maybe it's somehow connecting to that sort of an imagery. Okay, but I think you could still do a better job. That's it. <laughs> that, that's an interpretation. Uh, what do you think when you look at this? Um, I mean, uh, no shade, but I feel like it's kind of like like one of the given backgrounds and they're like, okay, let's put yeah, yeah, yeah. probably yeah. important on Copy the paste this dude. This is, like the the is. this is like the third like WordPress template, right? When you're like, ah, oh, just use that one. Put the picture of my T.O. up there. And I feel like, exactly, exactly. I always know who that is. So it's like, He's good. yeah. So yeah, so no shade as, as Sophia said. Yeah. But so uh, according to this website, um, this was, what was I even going to quote on the website? Um, oh, so so it's a 30-day period yes. between the independence of those countries and then October 12th. October 12th? Yeah. What is it about October 12th? What well, happened? depending on who you talk to, yes. it's either Columbus Day or Dia de la Raza. Oh, okay. So, but that's kind of more of a modern interpretation, and this started in 1951, right? 1968. S 68. Yeah, oh, we were way behind y'all. Okay. That's a shame. Yeah, what do you think? But, um, I've heard there's a movement for it to be called Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes. What do you think about that as a member of the Rasa? Um, I think that's pretty cool. 
I yeah. think we need to take it from Columbus because he doesn't deserve it. That's yeah. Right. Well, and what people don't know about Dia de la Raza is that um, Dia de la Raza is also a peninsular Spanish interpretation of what happened. Um, so it's essentially day of the like Latin American race. Is yes. they kind of like yes. and th- those are all really problematic terms. Yes. But like, yes. but this idea that that Spanish and Hispanic identity is still at the center of things, and so both of those kind of play out there yeah i have an interpretation of this right okay so would you say would you say this background is kind of cosmic yes so the the spanish word for cosmic cosmic is cosmica right Mm -hmm. uh and or cosmico i guess depending on whether you use sexist uh definite articles (laughs) but like so there is a book by uh, jose vasconcelos written in the 1920s called la raza cosmica yes and that might be vasconcelos oh okay but so vasconcelos was amazing and also problematic yes because like he argues that the Hispanic race, yes, the raza, I love this. I is, love this. is superior. Yes, why? Right? Because it this is, is the um, it is the convergence of three races of people to form one. Right, the indigenous, the Spanish, and the African. Yes. Right, that that's just, and that makes us a cosmic race. Yes, and it makes us special. Um, the problematic thing yes. is that the Spanish still. Uh, figures much more largely than I think a lot of us think that it should. Yeah. That yeah. it was really the Spanish that came and civilized everybody else. Yes. And so that's what makes us this cosmic race. It's funny that you mentioned that because my wife grew up in New Mexico. Yep. And and one of the things she oh, they're all Spanish commented on, there. everybody is Spanish. They're all Spanish. I'm Spanish, right? Yeah. And so it's a really interesting interpretation. And you talk to these people and you're like, but how could you be quote-unquote Spanish <laughs> Given yeah. the history, you know, and, and I think it's it's I think one of those contradictions that's inherent in a lot of different um, racial groups yeah. is that we have these kind of contradictions about how we see ourselves and and how we identify and how we kind of carry ourselves. Yeah, you know, and I think that you know some at some point people obviously thought that being Spanish elevated you right and gave you more privilege more power and they've kind of carried through that thought and so i think it goes to your point about um they want to call it the tell me again uh, the Indigenous People's Day? Yeah. Indigenous People's Day. And so thinking about... That, that was like those Spanglers. Yeah. yeah, the Indigenous <laughs> People. <laughs> but, but, you know, I think kind of helping people see themselves as Indigenous first, right? Mm-hmm. And and that that's important given the history and that kind of we want to acknowledge that. And so for me, you know, I think it's really important and critical for us to really address those contradictions yeah. and 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 not to attack people from where they think they who they think they are how they kind of identify i mean i might attack people who might attack not physically but but, but i help uh, elevate consciousness because when every time someone says i'm spanish yeah. or you know we have in the black community describing ourselves certain ways mm-hmm. to try to separate ourselves yeah you know um it's always dismissive of that other part of yeah. who we are, yeah. right? And so when we say I'm Spanish, we're disrespecting our indigenous brothers, our in, people's indigenous heritage. Yeah, and, and I definitely identify with what Sophia mentioned, which is I'm a descendant of the original people of the Americas. 
And so, and that's where a lot of my identity kind of comes from. Hey, I found the update on the Teachers of Color and Allies Summit. Yes. It is Wednesday, October 24th. Yes. From 8 a.m. to 3.45 p.m. at the Williams Village. We used to call it Willville. Willville. Because that was like the busted part of the CU campus back then. <laughs> now it's all fancy and nice yes. now, that, now that I'm gone. Uh, <laughs> the Williams Village Conference Center. And just to read from this. Uh, Teachers of Color and Allies uh, Summit is a day-long event that gathers education students, local educators of color, and allies to provide collegial support. Is that collegial? Collegial. Collegial support. Opportunities for networking and mentoring and insights into best practice in education. Hosted by the School of Education in partnership with local districts. Districts, you can register. We'll put a link on uh, on our website and on Facebook and on all the social medias, right? Very cool. All the social medias. Yes. I sound like an old man now. Yeah. Uh, so you want to register by October 3rd at colorado.edu slash education slash T-O-C-A or TOCA. The um, keynote speaker is Jose Luis Wilson. It's like Wilson. Wilson yeah, not Wilson, Wilson. Not Wilson. 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 I read that too fast. It's yes. like th this, this guy seems to represent like everything yes. for us. He, 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 he looks like an Afro-Latino to me. Yeah, follow him on Twitter. <laughs> uh, he's a full-time math teacher, writer, speaker, and activist in New York City, and will be giving the keynote address. Yes. So let's come back here to our guest. Yes. So, so Sophia... I mean, you go. Always stepped on my toes. You saw that. He's always like <laughs> always accusing happens. me unjustly. Sometimes of these I just plan to say something right as he's about to say something, so I can make just it go. Something. Just go ahead, like Sophia. Tell us why Hispanic Heritage Month is important to you and kind of your experiences with it as a student. Um, well, I really didn't know there was a thing yes. until sixth grade because I was in like not even a school library, like a public library, and I was like getting a book, and I noticed that there was like a wall about, <laughs> about like Hispanic Heritage Month, and I was like, whoa, we like, we get that? Like, we have one? And so I haven't really heard anything about it since um, until I came to like the school, mm -hmm. and you know, LSA is like trying to incorporate it within the school, and I think that's really important. So I think yeah, it like and I think it is important to see that among students because our school is predominantly um, Hispanic Latino. Yep. And I think even though there is clear that a lot of the students are proud of it, mm -hmm. um, maybe we need to see more like teachers who aren't of that background, mm -hmm. like showing that they care about it because it shows that they care about the students and like whatever struggles or whatever history that they have. Yeah, definitely. Why do you think it's important for? I'm just not. You go ahead. I don't have to ask any questions. You go. I got clearance. You go. Why do you think it's important for? Because I, I think you hit on something really important. But why do you think it's important for the teachers who aren't of Hispanic heritage to really kind of be involved in celebrating it? Right. Well, like Mr. Adams. Like Miss, me. Like yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Me. Well, I think, like as I was saying, like I just think it really shows that like these teachers care about their students and they care about like the backgrounds that they come from. And they're able to like, like it doesn't show like a sort of colorblindness because I really don't like that. Yeah. Like I think it's important to like understand like that we all come from different spaces and to like connect with people like despite the different spaces that we come from. Oh, I like that. Yeah, definitely. Can I ask a question? Is, Go ahead. Is, is it my turn yet? Yes. All right. Just uh, at 4.30. It's, it's I know. Like, <laughs> that's okay. You know, if anyone's listened to the show over the last two seasons, it's usually the other way around. So <laughs> so I'm at it, at Mr. Adams. Um, so um, could you talk a little bit about how you identify and kind of what, like, what brand of Rasa you are? 
Um, right. So my mom is Venezuelan American and my dad is from Mexico. So I think like there's, even though I didn't always see it when I was younger, um, I've always had, of course, like that Latino, um, background in like culture, mm -hmm. even though I think before I definitely tried to like hide it mm -hmm. because I was in like, um, HGT programs, which were not filled mm -hmm. with, yes. um, yes. brown and black kids. So nope. yeah. it was very much a sort of like conformity moment for me when I was younger. Yep. But, um, now I think it's really important for like me to come forward and like embrace what mm -hmm. I have because it's, there's nothing else. Like I can't pretend that That's I'm white because yeah. I'm not. Well, I mean, you could. A lot of people do, right? Like they, well, a lot of people kind of go to great lengths to kind of obscure this, especially so many of us. Like, and, and y'all don't know Sophia unless you do. Um, <laughs> she could pass for a lot of things, right? I often yeah, people probably assume a lot of different things. I about, definitely. They ask you, "What are you?" They definitely. Which is like the rudest question in the world. You're like, "I'm a human being." <laughs> <laughs> mind it that much. I think it's, it's interesting it's, when people see different things. You know how I answer that question? They're like, what are you? I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> and then I get really creepy about it. Like, I'm some kind of, like, extraterrestrial or alien. something like that. I'm not like, of this planet. I'm in the FBI. Oh, that's <laughs> not what you were asking? Oh, oh dang. Sorry. So, yeah. So, talk a little bit about that. Like, because as a person who could choose mm -hmm. not to identify anywhere and just kind of, like, obscure those things. Uh, yeah. I hear a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. Well, a lot of people either think that I'm, like, black and white biracial i even got like japanese one time okay which was like really interesting you're like all right all right like, i don't really see it but okay are you familiar with japanese people yeah like, <laughs> japanese <person. laughs> yeah but um and then i of course get like latina and like a lot of different things um i also like i remember before i used to like ask my mom because i would be so desperate to not like look like i was latina mm -hmm. i'd be like mom if I were to be of anywhere in the world, where do you think I would look like I came? <laughs> so I can be that. Yeah, and she was like, well, I guess maybe like Greek or something. And I was like, yeah, no. Mediterranean. I, like, I can okay, see that. Okay, yep. I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I think now, like now that I know that like it is important for you to like embrace of who you are because the fact of the matter is you just aren't someone else. Mm. Um, it's important to move forward and take steps of like knowing that there's other people around you who, even though you might not connect on like, like a level of like, you like have the same interests and stuff, because I definitely feel like I don't often connect with people of my culture of the same interests. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to understand that like we have a cultural connection mm -hmm. and we have a connection of the way society will view us. Yeah. 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 I think that's really important. Like I, I really always think about that cultural connection, like in terms of my blackness is like, we have this idea of like you talk black or you walk black or you act black, but really for me, check out our code switching episode. Blackness <laughs> is about like a cultural history, experiences, the way like my parents and my family interacted growing up. There's like certain things that you could never buy, you can't come across it, but it's just who you are. It's like the way that you talk at home and the foods that you eat and the way your house smells. All of that wonderful stuff that makes up like your identity, and I think you know it's important for kids. And I'm so happy to hear that you like came to terms and said, "I gotta be who I gotta be." Yeah. You know. But what what kind of was there any kind of moment that sparked that for you? That kind of realization, or did you just kind of? Um, there definitely have been moments. I feel like um, since probably like well since I'm a tenth grader, probably since like seventh grade was kind of like 
the end of seventh grade was kind of like a shift. Yes. Because I met a friend who was not white and it was like, well, a lot of my friends growing up were Asian, mm -hmm. but they were very much assimilated mm -hmm. Asian people. Mm -hmm. So it felt like I was like trying to assimilate to their assimilation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so then I met someone who's kind of like, like searching for an identity, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like I came to D or to this school. Sorry, you can you're good. Throw that out if you, you want. Got it. You got it. You're good. We don't know how. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I realized that like I can connect with other people because it was at my elementary school of like different classes, and especially like like in elementary school since you are like in such like little spaces yeah. and you follow that space for like six years. Yeah, it's like okay, so these are the people I have to conform to because I'm not mm -hmm. conforming to the people I don't see all the time. Yeah. So, I came no, here. That's a really yeah. I came here and I was like, okay, so there's people of all sorts of places, and especially a lot of people from my culture yeah. here. And I was like, that wasn't the moment, but I felt it kind of like change a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think most recently, because um, I'll have like little moments where I like go and watch Me Too videos for like yeah. hours yeah, 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 yeah. time, and I'm like, okay, I'm back into it. <laughs> yeah, but, we all need Me Too to reconnect. <laughs> yes, to yes. the culture. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But the most recent time, I think, was um, in February. I went up to Pennsylvania to visit my white grandma, but um, she lived in Venezuela for a while because that's where my grandfather yep. was from. Mm -hmm. And um, my mom's cousin came to her cousins, had came up to for my grandma's 80th birthday celebration. And so they came and they were all Venezuelan. And they were like speaking a different way because my mom has lost her accent here. Oh, okay. In, Denver. Venezolanos like sing the 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 language too, right? They a little like, bit. I yeah. think it's just it's just. Like I guess if you're Venezuelan, you don't really notice it. Like as a Mexicano, yeah. like you, you know, when we're it. talking to somebody from Venezuela or Colombia or somewhere like mm -hmm. that, it's <laughs> wild. It's so cool. It's yeah. funny. It's yeah. so cool. <laughs> they definitely have like a different way of speaking, a yeah. different way of just like moving. Yep. And like it was like like Mexican culture is surrounding me at all times yep. here in Denver. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like I'm. I feel overwhelmed of like a pride of something new. Yeah. But like here, when I was meeting all these, all this new family, it felt like something new and something that like yeah, I yeah. knew was mine. Yep. And that I could finally like be a part of. Oh, that's so cool. And it's that's like dope. I remember one point in hip hop class last year. Yep. You said something of like, there's like a poet or like a writer or something like that, and it's like, how can you know? Like, how can you feel like a place is home yeah. without having ever been there or mm -hmm. something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. And like that, like clicked with me instantly. Yeah. And I was like, I've never been to Venezuela, and like, but I know, like, yeah, I just know. know if you I went know there, that if you touch I would, I'd feel it instantly. Like, yeah. I feel at home there. I feel at place. Yeah, yeah. That, so the quote you're referring to, I was in uh, in the Motorcycle Diaries. Is it? Uh, it was written by Che Guevara, and he. And he taught, he writes about it when he's at Machu Picchu. That's right. right. That's right. Because he's Argentine right. uh, from an upper class kind of background, and as he's sitting there at like at Machu Picchu, looking looking down the Andes, he says, ¿Cómo es posible sentir nostalgia por una tierra desconocida? Mm -hmm. How is it possible to feel nostalgia for a land I've never known? And I and, and I think I can really relate um, on that the first time I traveled to Mexico as an mm -hmm. adult. Because, you know, my, my dad's a Mexicano. He's got a big nopalota in his forehead. You know, you can kind of, <laughs> like, tell that it's an expression. Um, and, uh, you know, so I'd always had Mexican family around me. But something about physically being in Mexico, like, changed in me. And I was an adult. Like, um, I, I was – so you and I are really different in terms of how we addressed our identity as high school students when I was your age, <laughs> I was that like really annoying, like, you know, contrarian Mexican who yes. was kind of like, 
Like there, I remember there was a walkout like to protest the absence of like Chicano studies yes. in, our, in our curriculum. Yes. And so who's the first one to criticize the protesters? Me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you guys don't even know what you're doing. Like, like who's even gonna listen? And like, I didn't realize that so much of that was an expression of the self hatred that I'd kind of developed within myself. And the sort of alienation I had felt with my community. So in the same way that you kind of were searching for an identity among your Asian American friends, I was searching, and there is not a single person who'd be surprised by this, <laughs> I was searching for an identity through my African American yep. friends and through hip hop. Yep. And like most of that stuff stuck with me. Yep. Like, and it wasn't until I was in my 20s that I really started, like second year of college probably, that I really started to say, you know, Actually, I'm a Mexicano, and how can I make that a part of myself? Yeah. Now I don't even identify as that. Now like, <laughs> I'm like, so people that. are like, so how do you identify? I'm like, oh well, uh, have a seat. Have uh, a seat. Let, let me explain to you. So I've uh, I've done a lot of study and research. <laughs> no, but I identify as a descendant of the original people of the Americas um, because we were the subject of multiple conquests. That's right. And, um, and so, yeah, so there's just a lot that I really identify with the, that you say there. Yeah, and I can relate, like, when you talk about, like, knowing that home, that place, is the first time I went to Africa, or only time I went to Africa. Only <laughs> well, that was the first time. First time. There will be others. I will, there will be yeah. others. I want to go yeah. back. But when I touched down in Ghana, you saw people, and I, you see people who are like, that looks like my cousin. <laughs> that looks like my uncle. Yeah. You're doing stuff. Oh, listen to music. I see it's, that when I see covers in the Middle East. Yeah. I'm like, that looks like my Theo. Oh, like, I hear we, you. Like, kid. You're like, for sure. ooh, ooh. <laughs> We're all together. Yeah. But it, it is, it's so fascinating the way that we connect to those places. And I think it says something about like deep down why it's important that we celebrate. And I think speaking to our teachers out there, you have the opportunity to help expose students to these experiences to realize, you know, there's nothing wrong with who I am and where yeah. I come from. And in fact, we have accomplished some amazing stuff. No, that's right. You know, and I think as I go through and do the work with my advisement students, it's like helping them understand this rich history of art, of culture, of thought, of just innovation. Yeah. You know, it, it's just amazing when you start to think about it. And, and, and how far, you know, the Latino people have spread and how they've influenced so many different aspects of life. And I think it's just really important for us to spend some time acknowledging yeah. that. We, we, I was talking about this in Hip Hop Studies today, actually. Um, wait, I didn't have that class today. Yes, Yesterday. No, I was talking to one of the students in that class today. There we go. Y'all don't know. Uh, <laughs> they, this makes no difference to the people we're sitting right now. It does um, no, but I mean, like the first break dancers were Puerto Rican. Yeah, like, that's right. And crazy and legs, crazy legs is Puerto Rican, and um, and so that's a part of the history we don't always like kind of recognize. Um, I had a thought. I just got like gone. I don't remember now. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? Um, <laughs> I mean, related to the topic or not? I don't know. Like <laughs> uh, the first Cardi B. Thing. I love her, but, not her, but her music, I, I, you know, it's funny. Like, I like the artist, but not the music as much. You like her as a person. I just think she's like, funny. I love how she She's rolls. amazing. She's okay. amazing. That was completely. She takes up a lot of space, and that's cool to see brown women taking it up is. a lot of space. It is. Like, definitely, definitely it is. I think, um, you know, there is a lot of, like, you know, problematic things that she's out here saying that you guys have heard. Yeah. Doing. 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 Saying. Getting in fights on the red carpet. Getting in fights. Um, I just gotta let the Bronx out. <laughs> there is some, you know, like, 
borderline homophobic transphobic thing that yeah, she's absolutely. out there yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is like a space there where I'm like, eh, like I feel very bad about it. But I think like even though I'm not Afro-Latina, when I see someone like Cardi B who is Afro-Latina out here like proclaiming her like her Latinness and her blackness. Yep, yep. Or like just like her her Afro-Latinaness. Like yes, it, it. it is something so special to watch because yeah. and I'm so grateful to her for like making because I feel like most recently it can be traced to her. Yes, for I feel like it can. Latino stuff, mainstream pop culture. Like yeah. she's bringing it. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's so important recently, especially because I feel like I often can't connect with any of my friends because I don't really have any like close Latino friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like when they can like something that connects to something that's yeah. like to me, yeah, like, it that's, feels that's great. my stuff. That's, my that's stuff. mine. That's, that's my fine. Stuff. That's my it people. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree with that. Like that. That was the first, like the first time I saw Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yo, that I know it's, and that's not good. I mean, and that's and I like it. There is this idea of representation. Actually, I would not argue that Speedy was problematic. Yeah, his like his his slowpoke slow slow Rodriguez. Oh, slowpoke was problematic. He's like, oh, Speedy, why are you running so fast? Like, it's slowpoke was like the like epitome of like the lazy Mexican stereotype. Yes, yes. It was the worst. But like, like I'm of a gen- different generation, obviously. But like, yeah, we didn't have any of that kind of representation. No, no. La Bamba came out when I was twelve. That was probably. That was pretty, that was pretty that, great. Like, um, even though it was played by a half Filipino dude who, <laughs> like, didn't actually speak Spanish or know anything, but he looked like Richie Valens. He did. So we can get he did that. look like. Did you see that Bob died this week? Bob died. Yeah, his brother Bob. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. The Morales. Have you seen La Bamba? I actually haven't. Oh, you have to watch it. Yeah, it's required. It's but, a powerful. You know, movie. you know, what we did in LSA last year. We watched Selena, and then we all cried. And oh, so, that's my movie. Yeah. Well, that's I don't, my movie. I, I turn it off like with 10 minutes left. Yeah, so you do, you do the yeah, canal. Exactly, exactly. I'm like, well, I'm sure it's all good. Do you I know can't what wait my for favorite part to... is? When the lowriders stop and yes. pull her out. Salinas. He, he pulls the bumper off <laughs> yeah. and he puts it and in he puts it like, on. it's cool. Yeah. I'm going to sell this. Yeah, like, exactly. Can you sign it? Yep. I yep. love that That's part. exactly it. But yeah, representation, I think, is definitely an issue um that we've had in the past and so when you see somebody like and and let's be real there are things that cardi b is doing that are problematic obviously and Mm -hmm. saying and engaging in but we also know that her white counterparts are engaging in a lot of the same stuff um and the worst thing that happens is they lose some youtube followers like you know uh, you know i i think of who are the outrageous like pop culture people like like Logan Paul. Logan right? Paul. Sorry. Great that's example. A, that's the only time I'm going to use that name on this podcast. But this is an individual who's been able to recover like a lot of wealth and a lot of support and a lot of attention because people are willing to forgive a white male from this. You want to say something? You want to say something? Nope. Okay. Um, so uh, that's my child in here. She, she's like patiently tolerating uh, me. But but so, but so you, you feel like the criticism is much harsher when it's on – a woman of color who does not play nice. That's right. She doesn't play Always. nice. And I, and I think I think that, I don't know, and that's the other thing is she kind of defies the stereotype of the submissive, passive, polite, like, brown-skinned, like, Latina, right? That's right. Um, she's out there. She's, she's out, there. out there. Well, but I would argue that there's definitely a counter stereotype, which is, like, the spicy Latina, which yeah. you see a lot. Head, yeah. head, well, in, head moving, yeah. fingers popping. In Chicana studies, they refer to that as the virgin whore dichotomy, yes. right? Yes. So so that that Latinas can either be perfect, angelic, uh, 
idyllic and like and, and kind and sweet like to a fault yep. or they are hopelessly corrupt that's right, right? that's and, right and for for young brown girls that's a that's a crazy sort of representation to grow into going right? back to what we were talking about you can only be you can either be a one or a five you yeah. can never be a three yep so i'll tell you sophia like one of the things i still don't totally get that analogy but i'm quest but, uh, love <laughs> the drummer for the roots <laughs> yeah he talks about that when you're a person of color, in particular a black male, he's like, you can either be a one or oh, a five. Oh, that's okay. So he's saying like one would be like, you're worthless. You're, yeah. You know, we, you don't contribute anything. Mm -hmm. Five is like, you're amazing. You do amazing right. stuff and you contribute so much. And so he's like, you can never wake up as like a black male and be average. And I think that's true for all people of color is that yeah. like Definitely. you're either – and if we make one mistake – then we fall down to the one. Yeah. But if we if we never if we put all that pressure on us, get good grades, talk perfectly, do everything, then we could be that five, and yeah. you'll be accepted yep. as a five. But don't make one mistake. No. Nope. Because you'll drop down to one. Yeah. And, and when you're a three, you're not actually a three like mainstream dominant culture threes. Are, no. Right? No. Just like, average dude. Like a, a three brown skinned person is probably not going to be president, right? But but we've had lots of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A two or a one. <laughs> wow, you you, you get oh, that sorry. that cat a two. I, I did enjoy the I did enjoy them laughing at him at the UN. Like, did you see that? This did you see this? I, we were talking about it today. That's right. That's right. It was incredible. It, it was great. It was it's great. Like I've nobody's done more in as an American president than I have, and people laugh, and I'm like that. And he's like, I didn't expect you to. Laugh. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> I'm not joking up here. He's like, that's not the what truth. I this is really what I think. You're like you, man. You clearly aren't paying attention. I mean, it's a sliding scale, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. So there. What were we even talking about? Oh, so representation, yes, right? Yeah. Um. So I get. I guess the next question, and I'm probably going to put myself on blast here for a second. Here we go. How many of your teachers have addressed oh, the fact that question. it's like Hispanic Heritage Month? None. And that includes me. Well, I mean. <laughs> You through LSA. You through LSA, LSA, but not through my content class. Yeah. No. What are your thoughts about that? Needs to be talked about. I think that, um, and I think even as we get older too, it's kind of like we address things and we're in kindergarten and then it's kind of like, all right, we learned about that. What's next? Like we keep teaching each other things because obviously like we learned about like Martin Luther King Day yep. when we were in kindergarten. Yep. But like when was the last time we talked about that? And when was the last time? <laughs> Makes note of my life. <laughs> talk about Dr. King. Talk about Dr. King. <laughs> you know, like I feel like we just like we drop it as soon as we learn it, and we don't we don't make it integrated into our like learning mm -hmm. because it's not seen as like important or like useful. It's kind of like okay, like we have to make sure we're not stepping on toes, so let's get it out of the way. Yes, yeah. and then we can get forward with like all our other white people. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like there's you know it, it, when it comes to Black History Month, and I'm sure Hispanic Heritage Month, even the same, but because there's less knowledge of it, is you end up with those same kind of people that we talk about consistently over and over. So yeah. Black History Month, it's going to be Dr. King. It's going to be Rosa Parks. It might be Harriet Tubman, if you're lucky. And It'll uh, be a version of Harriet um, Tubman that You know, in some places, palatable. there'll be one extra thrown in, like Madam C.J. Walker in Denver. You know, she'll yeah, get thrown yeah, in there yeah. because she's from Denver. Dr. Justina Ford. Yeah, Denver. you know, certain certain people. But I would also say that, like, when it comes to Black History Month, I do feel like there has definitely been a tremendous amount of organization from the African-American community yep. and its allies to to ensure 
that if you don't talk about black people at least in February, you're gonna you have, hear you it. You're gonna hear it. You're gonna hear it. Hear it. We have parents who call up. Yeah. And I've had parents, you know, as a black teacher, like, why aren't we doing Black History Month? I'm like, oh lord. But and then you're on blast. You're like, um, but I think I because I, I'm colonized person. Because I'm colonized. Functioning within a system of domination. That's right. That's right. I gotta get through this. I gotta get through. I, just, I gotta move. I just, I just got a four on move. one of my ratings. And I'm feeling really down right now. But um, I'd also ask you to, um, to what extent do you see like the internal divisions or that internal contradiction that we talked about uh, in the Latino community is a result of the fact why more people don't get on board with celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. Mm. Is there like this group of people who kind of see themselves as like, we don't celebrate that because that's not us. We're Spanish. Mm. Right? Mm. You know, whereas in the black community, it doesn't matter what shade of black you are. <laughs> You support you like even Ben Carson might have some. Even Doctor Ben, I'm sure, celebrates some Black History Month. I mean, candy. He 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 maybe sees himself as the celebration. I don't know. Do you, do you want to take this first? Um, maybe you can. Because I have to collect my thoughts. Yeah. So as far as the internal divisions, actually, and this is something that uh, this other student and I were talking mm -hmm. about. Um, and he's a tall, like six foot three Puerto Rican dude yes. who says a lot of, you know who I'm talking yes. about. Yep. And he says some things that are really deep and some things that are problematic. Yep. But one of the things that he has expressed is a frustration that as a community, we don't like address some of our internal divisions. And I think, man, those divisions run in so many different ways. Very like, deep. so you know how like Mexico city is on like three fault lines surrounded by volcanoes. Yes. I feel like that's a perfect representation <laughs> of our community. <laughs> it's like there's all these fault lines. Like there's a gender fault line. There's the LGBTQ fault line. There's the religious fault line. Mm -hmm. And then the volcanoes are immigration, Cubans. And there's like a part, and I, and I love my Cubanos, but, yes. there, but there's a, a large contingent of Cuban Americans who are very conservative. That's right. And um, for them, it's about getting the Castros out of power, right? And so I think that that has harmed our ability to really come together around some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of us, I think that a big part of it is that there isn't enough representation. And so like when we talk about Latin America or the, or Spanish America, or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is we're looking at, like that's 24 countries, right? So you're telling me, so, so is it like, group of people. is it like a country a day? Like do we, is September 15th, like Honduras, <laughs> September 16th, Mexican independence, is going to be Mexico. We're going to talk from Mexico. Now we got to move on to Guatemala. And by the end of the month, hopefully you get to Argentina. Sorry, Chile. And if you're lucky, <laughs> and we, we haven't really decided, Brazil, if you get to be a part of this, because y'all speak Portuguese, that's and we're not question. really sure that that's Spanish. What is that? They're Latin America, like whatever. They're in the club. Whether they want to be or not. So I think that we're so many of us are clamoring for that vision of ourselves yep. in the culture and in the history that we often don't recognize how important it is that we actually just elevate each other. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What would you say to that? No, I definitely, definitely agree. I think, um, you know, you mentioned the Cuban thing and like, I've actually with that student that you talk about, I talked about Cuban. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it is definitely like, we see a lot of like, I just like we have, we have these fault lines, but I also don't think that these fault lines will ever get truly addressed. No, that's right. Because, like these countries, they feel each one, and I know, I know that this is how it is. Mm -hmm. As much as we are, todos somos la raza, everyone's yeah, yes, together. Yes. Like at the end of the day, even though yeah. I'm like, I say something about Cubans, I say something about Argentinians. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, like of course I feel connected to all of them. Yep. And I feel love for all of them, but at, like 
every in between those hours of the day that aren't the end, we see a lot of like, well, I feel like Argentinians think they're better than us yeah, because they're yeah. like whiter. Like yeah, they're yeah, more yeah, 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 exactly. And then like everyone's hating on the Dominican Republic. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. like, I can't understand why. Like, I mean, that's the big challenge, right? Is how we address some of those. Like some sometimes there's just regional differences, right? Yep, yep. Um, like like Mexicanos love Cubanos, right? Because of like our support of the Cuban revolution yes, back yes, in the day yes, and that kind yes. of thing. But we know that there are definitely historical tensions between, well, kind of Puerto Ricans and everybody. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 But, but especially like in, in the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like that's what, they do. that's what we always say is we're always like, they think they're better than us. It's you know? true though, because I think like, especially the Caribbean. Yeah. And I'm my mom, definitely like, yeah. <laughs> so part of them, I'm, I'm shouting her out. Like yeah. I'm calling her out. Calling her out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out and a call out. Yeah. Shout out and a call out. With like Caribbeans feel like they have this special sazon that like yeah. the others yeah, 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 yeah. And then like I know my dad especially. He's always like, "Well, Mexican food's the best, and that's because we have that's more right. variety." That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I love just it. The facts. That's right. No, yeah, I, I love I think this. This is why this needed to happen because I don't think everybody understands. No, this stuff. definitely. I don't think well, and when you try to paint us with a broad brush, I think that's what's also problematic. Yep, you know, yep. like I mean, it is exactly as you as you stated. Like we all have a lot of pride in kind of who we are, mm-hmm. um, and um, and some of it's like just good natured. You know, like mm-hmm. like <laughs> you you can get. Puerto Ricanos and Venezolanos debating as to who would win a World Series of baseball between yeah. Puerto Ricans and Venezuelans, that's right? right? And that will get Dominican people fired up. Win. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and the Dominicans would just you don't have to worry. We like, would got out. this. We got this. You know, but I think I, I do think that like like that's always kind of the tension of being part of this raza, especially in the United States. Like if I was in Mexico, I'd be a Mexicano, and that yep. and that really be it. And yep. I'd have that that patria and that whole idea. But because I'm here, where like I I may meet another Spanish surname person yep. from a different kind of background. We in one way it's great for us to seek that common commonality, but in another way it kind of dishonors the uniqueness of all of our histories, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I think the same thing, you know, in the black community that we all have this heritage from Africa, right? We yep. come from different countries, different tribal groups, but we're all put here. And I think that's created some solidarity mm-hmm. where we're like and, and I think for our experience, because we were you know, forced to migrate here. Yeah. It kind of said, hey, we, we had to learn real quickly. It was like, you might not be from my uh, tribe. You might not be from my yeah. village. But, like, they got us all locked up yeah. here in yeah. chains. And so we got to do something. What is interesting, though, is I saw an article after Black Panther came out mm-hmm. um, that sort of said that some of the underlying um, – and, and I think this was intentional on the yeah, part yeah, of, yeah. of the MCU and Ryan Coogler and, and the writers and that kind of thing – does kind of highlight a little bit of a schism between people of African descent born mm-hmm. in the U.S. Uh, who is San- uh, Sanika Shak- Shakur mm-hmm. refers to new Africans. Yep, and um, and recent African immigrants. Yes, and that when we look at the difference between like Killmonger and T'Challa, yep. like the difference is actually like this this difference of we have this acculturated even assimilated aspect of the community and then the one that kind of represents more of of the purity of yep. the community yep which and, is interesting and i feel like we see that in our communities um in the african american community in our relationships with the african community where you see like literally parents being like don't hang out with them yeah. i don't want you to be like them they're yeah. corrupted yeah you know and so i just um my yeah. wife was told by her mother not to marry a Mexican. <laughs> I, that this stuff happens. Thank God that she it, married a Mexican. It's very real. I'm very happy that about this that. stuff is yeah. very real for us, you know. And I think 
um, it goes back to the complexity of people, right? And and the, like you said, don't pray to us all with a broad stroke. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my favorite movies, um, A Day Without Mexicans. Oh, yeah. the guy is like... I've heard of it. You've um, got to watch it. It's a it's, it's, a, it's a great, it's like so thought provoking. Yeah. But with the guy, I think he's like the senator and he's like, where is, uh, or he's like, you hired the wrong kind of Mexicans. <laughs> Guatemal- <laughs> These are Guatemalans. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> like that. Hey, no shade to the one. Yeah, but, but it's, love it just, it's so funny because like you. that's the realization of a lot of people mm-hmm. is that they just put everybody together and don't even understand these cultural differences that you guys are talking about yes. that are so important. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I think like here especially because we are so surrounded by a lot of Mexicans. Um, and since I was definitely like, like when I was younger, as I was saying like I felt like I really needed to separate myself mm-hmm. from the Mexicans. And then so then I was like I would say like because my mom has a lot of European heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, but then of course she feels most connected to her Venezuelan heritage. Yeah. And so like the first step for me to like becoming like intact with my own heritage was like okay well. Already the Mexicans kind of are like, we don't, we don't feel a lot of connections because we don't have a lot of the same interests. And I can kind of like, I see, I see that they, they don't see me as one. Like I'm not a part of what they feel mm-hmm. they are. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like, I can understand where they're coming from and stuff. So like for me at first, I was like, okay, so I guess I'll embrace the Venezuelan side first. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's this student that we've been talking about. Um, that's how he and I, I guess, became friends because I was yeah. like, all right, so I guess I'm, I'm going down the Venezuelan route first. Yeah. 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 I'll make my rounds. And since he's Puerto Rican, I was like, okay, we have like a Caribbean yep. Yep. connection. And, and we're also not Mexican. So we kind of have the experience of feeling a little bit crowded out in the cultural narrative of the community. How it's just talked about. Yeah. And, and it would be interesting, you know, if we did research for this podcast, we would, um, <laughs> that's an awful idea. we would look. We, we would probably be able to see that the demographics of the Latino-Hispanic community have changed a lot. Um, there was a time that 85% of Spanish surnamed or Hispanic people, I don't like these terms, by yes, the way. Yes, uh, yes, They're problematic. Were, were of Mexican descent, and that's just not the case anymore. And it's even like in my Raza Studies class that I teach, it's even changed the way I teach that class. Because it used to just be, well, just a history of Mexican people and then Mexican people in the United States. <laughs> And then, yeah, we'll talk about the Young Lords as being sort of like the, the Brown Berets. <laughs> and then there was a guy from Spain that fought in the Revolutionary War. Okay, cool. Those are, that's it. You got it covered, got it, right? Got it. But now there's a lot more to it. And I think it's I think it, it's interesting because on the one hand, it's important that, that as a community we be acknowledged. But I think on another hand, it's important that we look internally critically and sort of see, well, what does this kind of month mean to us? And... How do we elevate like everybody and kind of start seeing beyond mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. narrow provincialism that Che Guevara warned us about? He yeah. used to refer to a vision of all of this as one uh, as one unified country that uh, which he would call Nuestra Majuscula America, mm-hmm. America with a capital A, and yeah. that referred to all of the Americas. Wow! And so, um, so I think that that's when we start looking at that vision. Um, and and uh, uh, what, what's the guy's name? The Peruvian uh, philosopher who I can't uh, remember his name, but he he once wrote that you know we are too few to be divided. Everything unites us. Nothing nothing divides us. And so Great it's just word, a really interesting thing to kind of listen to. So I think you have to go. Yes. All right. <laughs> hey, uh, let's uh, let's give it up to Sophia for being Woo! here on the show. Yes. Snaps. Snaps. Thank you for representing. We love guests. Uh, you're invited back to the show anytime. Yes. Because uh, because we have a lot of fun here. 
And uh, thank you for just uh, adding your um, your perspective. Anything you want to say in parting? Um, I don't know. I guess to those teachers who are listening, even if you're not of the Hispanic background or Latino background, it's really important to make sure that you show your students that you care about their culture and their pride because that'll create and forge a new connection that you didn't think you could have. There you go. I think well that's uh, that's perfect. Well so uh, y'all aren't going to know this, but I'm going to pause for a second, and then uh, Kevin and I will be back Thank to you. close things out. Thank you. On <laughs> heroes and holidays, oh, I was but sometimes to say that. heroes are a good place to start. I yeah, think you're it's a good place to start. So what I would say as your brown friend and co-host yes. is that you can Google this. Oh, so I'm I'm pulling, so I'm pulling up. So guys, on the internet. So much information. I can find information. You can. So, um, about Latinos and Latinos so like, on so, the internet? So me and Kev are boys, and so as a friend, I would help him. Thank please you. don't walk up to the one person of color <laughs> in your faculty and say, hey, listen, I uh, heard this podcast, Let me and tell I you. really need somebody. I need, can you just make me a list of prominent Hispanic people? Please. Can you email that to me by, please. like, I don't know, by lunch so I can kind of let I got to do some stuff. So what you got to do. Although, if someone came up to me and said that, I'd be like, okay, if somebody, let's roll with that. See, you know what, though? If somebody I didn't know. No, Just came random. up and said that like someone that has not like talked to me in in the staff. Excuse me, sir. And all of a sudden they're like, "Wait, that guy? I bet that guy knows some stuff." Um, <laughs> no, actually, hey y'all, y'all, y'all can hit us up. I would, I would answer. I would be nice because yes. it, the cause is bigger than my pettiness. That's right. Um, so oh, I, I like but I will, I will Google prominent. Is that how you spell prominent? I think so. I, I don't know Hispanic. Figures, look. Oh, Google even starts to pre-populate it. All right, so here are, dude, on Latino Leaders Magazine, there's 101 101. most influential Latinos. So one thing you could do is you could print out this list, distribute it to kids, and have them look one up and do a quick little sort of speed dating exercise. Ooh, right? I like um, that. Or a little kind of, hey, we're going to have a little cocktail party. Uh, not with real cocktails. Yes. But we'll bring, uh, so what we'll bring is we'll bring in like, you know, like pan dulce and some like abuelita oh, chocolate. Yes. And then like you can pretend to be Isabel Allende or Agustin Arteaga or why did it say Eugene McDermott under there? <laughs> but it's kind of a slideshow. Rosario Dawson. Oh, I know her. Yeah. So you her. can always look that up. But I'll tell you who I think really um, typifies a, a really important aspect of who we are. Um, I have a portrait of Cesar Chavez in my classroom, mm-hmm. painted by a student, yes. um, my first year teaching, it's still in wonderful shape. Uh, Cesar Chavez was, um, is somebody that I think, in order to understand um, kind of the struggle of working uh, raza in our country, mm-hmm. super important. Um, cliched as it might be, because she's been a little bit appropriated, is Frida yep. Kahlo. Yeah. Um, but I think when you teach Frida Kahlo, don't just teach her about don't just teach about the angry sort of artist. Teach about the politically engaged yep. and and fired up creative person who is who is a leader, right? Um, if you want a kind of a deep cut, one of my favorite members of our raza is uh, Emma Tenayuca, ah, who okay. was a, a Mexican American um, workers' rights organizer during the during um, during the Great Depression, oh, and so amazing. she and man, she went through some stuff. She was locked up. It was like crazy. Um, I would say Simon Bolivar yes. is probably my favorite to teach about because I like to sort of think about those um, prominent Latinx people 
who had a bigger vision of what we could be as a community. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Simon Bolivar like started independence movements and looked to liberate enslaved people and looked to liberate indigenous people who were living as prisoners on their own land and looked to create a Republic, Republic of Gran Colombia, right? Yes. Um, yes. And so those are some that I would like really look at. But honestly, like there's a lot of good stuff out there. Read some stuff. Like yes. ha- have your kids read some pieces about and by prominent like uh, Raza people um, and kind of start from there. You can also break down this list. We're, we're going to post this up here um, from Latino Leaders Magazine. You can also break it down to arts and entertainment. Um, you can look at athletes. You can look at political folks. Um, like just some really good stuff here. Gael. There's Gael. There you go. He's the man. There you go. He's the man. Well, that was kind of fun. That was fun. Yeah. I'm glad we did it. I am too. I feel like I learned something. Yeah, I feel like I learned something too, actually, because I think um, having um, the perspective of a student yep. um, kind of reminds me how important this is. That even, like, I still have the legacies of compartmentalization that I carry um, to where I myself, as active and, and conscious as I try to be, I don't make space for this in my classroom. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think we get caught up, and I say things like, you know, during Black History Month, well, we don't do Black History Month because it's always, we always study Black History, you know, and that we think that we bring yeah. it up. But I think it's important for us to, like, take time and say, no, mm-hmm. we're doing this yeah. because yeah. this is this month yep. that people had to fight for yep. to be honored, right? right. They, they aren't giving this stuff out. They don't give out weeks. We joke about, well, I, my group doesn't have a yep. week or I don't have a week. But people had to fight for these weeks. They and, did. and people they did. have, you know, have have consistently pushed back on this, you know, and I think always the question we get when we come to any of these months is, yep. where is the white history month? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? And to which we say that's like the rest of it. That's the rest of it, right? <laughs> but The invisibility of privilege. But that's why I think, you know, going back to kind of my original idea for this episode, was I just thought it was really important. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think the more we can put thought into and as teachers really – um, bring the histories and unique cultures that um, our students come from into the class and 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 have them be able to study them. Yeah, it's so powerful. Yeah, it's so powerful. And and I would say like you don't want to do anything that is kind of cookie cutter, one size fits all. Yeah. Um, you definitely don't want to ask your students who are of this background um, what kind of history they think we should learn because yep. you have to keep in mind that this history has kind of been kept from them. That's right. Um, this may surprise people, but uh, you're not born knowing your history. No. And, There's uh, a reason for that. And we still have kind of, and this reminds me, this happened years ago, but to a certain extent, a lot of kids aren't even allowed to study their own history within, right. the, the, within the scope of a of an academic class because there's an assumption that it, well, that's just the easy way. And you already know this stuff, right? And uh, have you not heard this? Have you, I've yeah, heard this yeah, a no, lot. I have. Yeah. You, you already know this. Though. Yeah, it's crazy. And so, like, we're not born with this knowledge. And so, if you put a kid on the spot and say, yo, I know that, like, your family is, like, Mexican, so what are some things that you think I should cover? Tell us. The, uh, even my, Mex- my, my own Mexican family jokes with me, like, in my family in Mexico, jokes with me that I know more about their history than they do, right? And so, I, I would say, 
look at your curriculum, right? Mm -hmm. If you're teaching fractions, maybe you teach the Maya approach to fractions. Ooh. If you're teaching political systems, maybe you teach the um, the the kind of evolution of political systems in the Inca Empire. Yeah, yeah. If you're teaching about multicultural societies, maybe you look at the Spanish, Muslim, and um, and Jewish communities that mingle together in Islamic Spain. Yep, yep. Um, so the point is that the kids will view it as authentic if you clearly put some time into this you state that i really want to honor the contributions of our uh latinx hispanic uh whatever uh and, and the students aren't going to care they yeah. don't care which one That's you right. use some might call you out but you should definitely listen to those yeah um but they'll just be happy that you're giving some acknowledgement and you're connecting it to real like curriculum yes right and yeah i think that's experience. critical i think that's critical yeah well it's getting late. Getting late. We got to get home to it's our getting, families. It's getting late, big guy. It's getting late, big guy. It's time to have a lullaby. That's right. It's time. <laughs> I feel that. It's been a really busy week. It's been so tiring. You feel um, like the Hulk? I, I do feel like the Hulk. I do feel like the Hulk. Not, not so much as usual. Are you feeling like the Hulk? I'm always feeling <laughs> like the Hulk. Well, that's, like, that's how, he, that's how, that's how uh, Bruce Banner like, what did explains say? it, right? He says, I'm always exactly. angry. That's the big He's always I'm angry. always angry. It's not even about turning off the anger. So, so, hey, who knows? You might run into our Bruce Banner. You might run into our Hulk. You might catch the Hulk. Yo, you might run into T'Challa. You might run into Killmonger. That's and, right. and And, like, like I've, been, I, I've been really having fun saying this. I'm like, yo – you can't respect my T'Challa unless you respect my Killmonger. That's right. You can't. That's right. Because we all have it. That's right. It's all there. It's just a matter of whether we're venting it or not. That's right. Um, <laughs> this like was that. fun. So um, hit us up if you if you need ideas or have ideas yes. in uh, ways that we can uh, observe Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, as problematic and incomplete as it is, like I think this is a moving thing that we can continue to work on um, as a community and co-conspirators. Yep. Um, and uh, we think we'll be back with you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, please catch up on the podcast. We've dumped a whole a bunch whole on bunch you of last couple of you. weeks. We will be continuing um, our series, uh, New Dope Teachers. Yeah, uh, shout out to Ray. Shout out to Ray for telling his story. And um, hope you all enjoyed that. If you really want to help us out, um, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. We do actually read these things, and we do actually care what you think. Yes. Um, plus, it helps us reach a greater audience if you think more people need to hear what we have to say, or if you think more people just need to like yell at us and get mad at us, That's like right. whatever. We'll take all publicity is good. good That's publicity, right. right. That's right. So uh, hit us up um, through that. You can also hit us up on Instagram, Twitter at Two Dope Teachers. Like us on Facebook. Comment. Post some stuff up there if you'd like. Two Dope Teachers on Facebook. Um, and of course, you can contact us, teachers at gmail.com. Last thing I want to say is just, oh, I already closed that window. Um, so I uh, want to remind you of the Teachers of Color uh, and Allies Summit to be held at the University of Colorado Boulder, Williams Village, uh, from 8 to 3.30 p.m. on October 24th. Yes. You can uh, register. Oh, good memory. I know. Thank you. Thank Dang. you. I know. I was like, uh, I think I got it right. You got and, it all. And, uh, and our, our sister who reached out to us from the uh, School of Education, I'm not using your name because I don't know if you want us to, yes. uh, correct any of the misinformation that we might be <laughs> purveying right here. But uh, we, I think we're going to try to get there. Yes. We're going to try to get there. That's our a, goal. It's on a Wednesday. It's on a Wednesday. It's on a Wednesday, and uh, we can go up and spend a little bit of time uh, building some community with, with y'all up there. So yes. um, if you see us up there, uh, give us a shout. Uh, tell us what's up, and um, and we'll, uh, we'll kind of see what we can do there. Um, so... 
I'm Gerardo Munoz. It's your boy Kevin Adams. And uh, today, the rest of the week, and always, even as this weather gets cold, we are inviting you to stay dope. dope.